What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with David Stanley Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Check out Perry MD, Mountain Dog's intra workout formula. Use our code advices for some additional savings. What's up, Mr. David Stanley? How you doing? Christmas cabbage? How you doing, too? Christmas cabbage is good. Yeah, and as you can see, Christmas cabbage is a lot quieter. And shout out to whoever it was that's a Christmas cabbage fan. Can't remember his name. Um, who was it, Scott? Who was it that sent a message saying they were team Christmas cabbage? I, I can't remember, but we did get that. He said, here for Christmas cabbage. Also, Ian we got, Yes. We got this one, too. Uh, what's up with the beard? I don't know Who's whether beard? they're talking about your beard my beard or the or fake the fake, the fake beard yeah i don't know i don't know well mine's mine's okay you it's took it out of the impressive but it's you, okay you took it out of the little brady things yeah they get a bit scruffy after a while so you need to yeah you know, obviously scott's beards is just awful it's looks just like all scruff should, looks, looks like he should be dressed in cardboard yes Guys, we have, uh, we've got Super Draw for our steroid profile of the week. Uh, we've got a bunch of questions. We kind of have like a case study question. Um, also, you, you had some terrible things to say about one of your clients, Dave. Uh, it says uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, you called him annoying. You called him, and you also called him a sod. What's a sod? An annoying sod. Yeah, what's that? Well... Sod has a couple of meanings. One is a piece of turf. Yeah, okay, I got that. Yeah, and the other one is just, uh, I don't know how he describes sod. Uh, I had a nice it, word. It, it's, it's not particularly offensive. Yeah. It, it's more of... Uh, uh, you'd use it probably more of... It's more of something you would use with somebody who was a friend or someone you know. You wouldn't particularly use it if you were trying to insult somebody. Mm. Okay. So it, it is sort of negative, but not in an aggressive or, or nasty way. You know what I mean? Why, which client was it anyway? He's a guy from, I don't, I don't know what his name is, the Buff Chef <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. He goes, he, he, um, he lives over he, in like, uh, is it, is it Kuwait? Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. Kuwait. Yeah. He, he gave me uh, the inside scoop on what's happening at Oxygen. He deliberately posts questions every week to try and wind me up. <laughs> he was the one who asked the difference between taking IGF versus GH and insulin. Yeah. 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 Because he knows what my thoughts are and stuff like this anyway, because I coach him. So uh, I've just been sent a message, right? Yeah. Okay. And this is the steroid cycle of somebody who competes in uh, the board short stuff. Okay. 1,500 milligrams, well, gram and a half of test E, gram and a half of test P, gram of DECA, 25 microgram T3, 100 mig NAP, 60 mig D-Bowl, 5 IU of HGH, 10 IU of insulin, 20 milligram of tamoxifen, and 25 milligram of provirum. Well, I'll be damned. That's fucking more than I did. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, uh, moving on, we need to discuss Scott's timekeeping. So Scott was due to set up quite early for him this morning. 
We arranged it last night and I'm sat here like a lemon, ready to go. And he just stood me up. Okay. First of all, and I want to add, thank you for all of your kind comments and uh, helping us to boost the previous episode. You guys are freaking awesome and we appreciate all your comments. Uh, and Why are you buttering if, up the audience because I've just slagged you off with something that's truthful? Why are you buttering up the audience? And if you would, please, if you enjoy this content, do us a favor, give us a like, share a comment to help boost us in the algorithm. And if you haven't subscribed, you can come back to watch a lot of programs with me on it. Occasionally, you'll see Dave, too. But you don't have to watch this one. Just give us comments, likes, you know, let it play through for a few minutes and then go about your day. Uh, okay. I wanted to get that out of the way. David. So Dave asks me, I asked Dave, actually, can we do the show? I was like, he was like, you want to do it early? I said, sure. How about nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time? He said, no, nine o'clock a.m. my time. I said, okay, that would be 3 a.m. for me. Sure thing, buddy. I'll do that. That was the end of the conversation. No, it wasn't. There was another comment as well about the fact that you were going to do it. So I sat here already, coffee in hand, wearing to go. And an hour later, you still haven't responded to my messages. Can we please get on with the program, please? All right. Sorry. Okay. Thank you. Steroid profile of the week. Mm -hmm. Super anadrol. Super draw. Yeah, but it's not super anadrol. What is it? It's not anadrol. It's masteron. Super draw. Isn't it related? I don't know a lot about super draw. So this... it's effect- it's effectively methylated oral masteron. You're that, kidding that's me. Effectively, what it is? I thought it was related it... to anadrol. No, no, no. Super draw was originally missed when steroids were classified. Super draw somehow got missed, and it was actually released as an over counter product. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, Gaspari used to do it. Yeah. Uh, and and obviously they soon cottoned on that this steroid was free over the counter when, in the when, market. And, when and people's liver started falling out. <laughs> well, I mean, as an oral compound, it's much more impressive. So androgenicity is 20, and anabolic ratio is around 400 which gives it an incredible ratio of about 20 to 1. Okay. Which, when you look at test, is 1 to 1. A methylated test is 3 to 1. Um, you know, it does start looking as a, a quite attractive proposition. Um, it was originally formulated in early 1960s, late 50s. Uh, it's non-aromatizing. Um, Effect-wise, you're going to be fuller, very much fuller. It works It works actually quite well as synergy with something like low-dose GH hmm. because it helps drive the glycogen and water into the muscle, so you do appear much fuller if you're on Superdraw with it. Um, it's a popular pre-show <clears throat> to bring you in as a hardener and everything else. Um, and like I say, it's, it's an oral form of Masteron. Like all Oros, it gets a bit of a bad rap. Um, and for some reason, and I don't know where this started from, but it, it had a reputation for being incredibly toxic. Which is... Yeah, that's that's the buff chef. Um, it, 
it has had a reputation of being very, very toxic, which is a bit unfounded, really. It's not particularly any more toxic than any other oral. Um, it's it's quite an effective compound. It does have a decent impact. I mean, people used to blow up back in the day from running Superdrop hmm. um, on its own. Um, it regained popularity as a pro for a bit of a while, but I think it now sort of sits. I mean, I think a lot of people still don't regard Superdrop as a steroid and still think of it as a pro hormone. Yeah, yeah. I think so um, too. But it is actually a full blown anabolic. Always has been. Now, I, I never uh, got much out of the experience with this. I ran it once because, you know, here's the thing is that as I was, as it became popular, I had just been getting into AAS and I thought to myself, like, well, why use something over the counter when you got all this other good stuff? You know, I, I was in that same boat. Thought of it more as the a, good stuff. Yeah. Thought of it more as a pro hormone. I did try it sometime later. It absolutely destroyed my appetite. So I, I had never messed with it since. If I were to do it again, I would probably use it during a contest prep. Um, I would probably use it, you know, the last 10 days, something like that, just to, mm -hmm. to blow up on it. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, to bring in our female listeners uh, because we've always, you know, we want to make sure we address them as well. Is this something that a female could use? Yes. Hmm? Um, particularly with its very low androgenicity. Really? I will have to, yes. But you're talking five milligram. Well, what's the dose for a man then? I would say 30, 40. Okay, Probably I think I did less, maybe maybe even down at two, two point five for a female. Yeah, I think I did ten, and then I went to twenty, and mm -hmm. my appetite was ruined at twenty. So, but if a female were to use it, like who are we talking here? Is this the bikini competitor uh, who's trying no, to move I up mean, to figure? You know, you're looking more towards figure uh, trained into physique, sort of end of, of female bodybuilding. Um, at end of day. Figures are soft, very soft. Well, bikini is an incredibly soft look um, and more of a shape. Uh, you get into figure, you start to get a little bit harder. Um, it's only when you start getting into trained and physique that you really get proper hardness and, and muscular, you know, real good conditions. Um, well, that's how it should be anyway. So uh, I wouldn't see estrol being used in a female unless they were sort of at the physique end of the competitive scale. Okay. You wouldn't see what being used? Estrol. What did you say? Superdrol. Super, oh. Estrol. Estrol? Estrol. Oh, I thought you were saying like estrol, like estrogen. No. I was like. S. I, S. I see. I see. Okay. Slippery, slippery snake. S. Yes. Estrol. As was labeled on the boards. Estrol. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we covered dosing. Liver toxicity is fairly high on this one. It's it's on par with other orals, yeah. I mean, it, it's it because it has quite a strong action. There, there is a little bit of more stress when it first passes through the liver, okay. but it's it's not marketably more than than any other oral, particularly really. Um, but it, it is a little bit of the higher end. But I'd say. It had this reputation for being super toxic, and it's just not really founded. Huh. Yeah, I always 
the way it killed my appetite, I had a feeling that it was killing my liver on top of that. So I stopped. I have used it or had other you know clients because I, I don't tell people like, oh, you need to take this, this and this. I mean, I'll help people if they want to get into that. But if they're like, hey, I've got super draw and I really want to try it. You know, we can try the super draw, but I have I have had clients that haven't had the same uh, appetite shut down that I have. But I have heard that's also common to have happen, though. But that's common. That's potentially common with any oral because of the way it's administrated. It's administrated through the stomach. So as a result, you know, if you're sensitive, you know, if you're getting shut down off orals, then if it's from a point of view of appetite, then then you're probably going to go with most orals. Um, I, I tend to get it more with. Um, Things like Anadrol, I know for Superdrol for sure, D-Ball does. Um, not so much with Anavar. Yeah, Anavar is definitely much milder from the from the oral point of view. So it, it's it's hard to quantify really as Estrol because when you when you look at the the, the sort of study side of things, it's not showing as being particularly more top epitoxic than you know, over orals. But when you talk from a personal experience point of view, people will always put Anavar down the mile end of oral use and always put oxymethylone or NAPS or A-bombs, shall we call them today, uh, and, and Superdrol at the more toxic end of, of the oral spectrum. Um, and yet, really science-wise, it doesn't sort of bear up. Yeah. All right. Well... Oh, duration. That's the last thing I wanted to ask you. What would be a duration that you would think? Because I've heard as short as like three weeks. Well, generally, I mean, I wouldn't see Superdrol being particularly used rather than pre-comp anyway. So you're going to get a short run in of the last three, four weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we've talked about front loading before. and now I think it's a complete waste of fucking time. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, I've run Estrol eight week, 10 week batches really? and had no major issues from a point of view of toxicity. Um, but I would, you know, most people are probably going to stick to the standard six to eight as it's an oral. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, let's move on to our listener questions. Um, we did, like I said, Dave, we got some good feedback, including we had a, one of our natties say, you know, shout out from the natties. He said he doesn't use steroids, but he just likes listening to the show. How about that? Nothing wrong with that. How about but we that? don't. We're not. We're drugs and stuff, so we do talk about stuff. Yeah, that is true. You know, we don't just talk about drugs. We talk about stuff as well. You know, like Scott Standard Milk this morning, making me wait for hours. How about this comment, Dave? Ouch. Scott, oh, you're going to have to ouch. shave. You're looking old as Dave. I like our I like our listeners. They're, they're good people. They're good people. Let's see what That's else I have here. Second person this morning that scolded me old. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, a mate of mine rang me up earlier on and he said, "Are you dead yet? You're old." Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. Here's our first listener question. This is from Tommy John. Uh, question for the next week. Uh, if you guys could have any one person write your nutrition and training protocols for the rest of your life. Who would you pick? And he adds, uh, you can pick one for nutrition and one for training uh, or one for both. Thanks for the great content. Significantly helps me get through my work week. 
Well, thank you, you for the nice first words. With this one, Scott. Well, I definitely hire Dave Crossland for everything. <laughs> that money's in the post, mate. <laughs> All right, thank you, thank you. Um, that's a good question. I I have a hard time taking direction, Dave. You know, I have a hard time with it. I'm I can. Here's here's okay. So the last time I dieted down contest wise, I got pretty close. Okay, and then I decided to just jump in a show because I felt like I was almost ready, and I really wasn't ready enough. And then after that, I was like, you know what, fuck it. And I hired Shelby Starnes, who's a good friend of mine. Shelby's probably the quintessential coach at this point for females. Like. He knocks it out of the park. He doesn't even take male clients anymore. He put it out there like a couple of years ago. He's like, I don't want to work with men. He doesn't like working with bodybuilders. He was like, women for him are just easier. They're easier to get along with. They listen, less egos. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know what, too? He's, he's lucky because, well, he charges a lot. If you come to Shelby, you're already like a high-level client. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're probably someone who's going to like be buckled down and focused. Um I don't feel like I really would want to have somebody help me a ton year round because I I've done this a long time. I know what to do, but I would like to have help for like that last six to eight weeks to get that incredibly peeled look while staying full enough. Because, you know, we have a tendency of I'll push too hard, you know, is really what will end up happening uh, when I should have probably dialed back to maintain a little fullness, it would be it's easier to just not have to think about it and put it in the hands of somebody you trust. So I would use a diet coach for that. And in that case, I, I since I'm familiar with Shelby, since we're really good friends, I would probably go with him. He will still work with me because I am his friend. Um, and also for training. That's a tough one. I've. So I trained Shelby and I worked out together for about five years. Uh, I would say he was my training partner, but more so I was his training partner. Uh, and uh, it was cool. I got to see him prep for he always competed in the Chicago Pro every year. And so I got to watch that whole cycle and be a part of it. And oftentimes I would be dieting down too to do a, a show that same season. Um, we he was good friends with John Meadows at the time. John wrote all of his training. So we followed a ton of mountain dog stuff. Later, he hired Jordan Peters. And it, we, there were some similarities, but there were some differences. They worked on a plan together that would fit for Shelby, which was kind of like taking a lot of mountain dog style training, but then changing the way that we looked at the rep schemes and stuff. And basically more like a top set than back off set type thing. Um I like John's training. So I, I'm, and, and I think he's got enough variation now. Like he could accommodate me. I would say that if I were to pick one person to go with training wise, it would probably be John Meadows. Um, because he, he, I'm already familiar with it. And I think that it would serve me through different phases. Like right now, I want to gain a lot of size. And he could help me with that. Down the road, when I get older, I'm going to want to keep training hard, but it's going to be different. And he could help accommodate that too. Cause I think mountain dog training is really good for, um, for, for working around injuries and, and, you know, stuff like that. So I'd, I'd, I'd probably say John and Shelby would be my, my two. How about you? You know, I haven't got a clue. Um, 
I've only ever worked with one coach, and that was my loss. Oh, yeah, that's right. I wasn't particularly enamored with that. Yeah. I mean, that may have been because I was expecting more than I should have done because I've never worked with a coach before. Obviously, I, I, I didn't know. And I have my own coaching style. I don't know how that sits within other people's coaching styles. Mm-hmm. Um, training, let's start with diet and nutrition-wise, haven't got a Scooby. It's never been something that's particularly interested me. Um so I'd probably hire Scott. Yes. Uh, yes. I got the job. I got the job. No, I, I, I honestly don't know because it, it's not something I've ever looked at. I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you who the top coaches are in the world now today. I haven't got a clue. I really haven't. Well, then let me um, fill you in. I'm right up there. In fact, uh, right. I was going to work with Rami this past year, and I was like, you know, I got a lot going on. I would do this podcast. I record it every Tuesday with Dave. We put it out the next Monday. Um, why don't you? Here's Chad's number. Get a hold of him. Plus, yeah, I'm holding out uh, for Dave to hire me. That's what I told him. So, so honestly, I wouldn't know where I'd go. Hmm. Um, with regards to training, I don't think I could follow anyone else's programming. Yeah. No, uh, I've spent so many years honing and training and changing and messing about with what I do. Yeah. That I think I've never been, I've never stuck in a rut when it came to training. I, I, I always, I spent a lot of time playing about till I found what worked for me. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I'm very comfortable in that point of view when it comes to being progressive with my training. There's people I'd like to train with. Yeah. Now that's yeah. a slightly different list. Um, there is people I'd like to train with, some as now and some as in their prime. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was lucky to not train with Ian Harrison, but I was lucky enough to have some involvement with Ian Harrison in the gym. Uh, and me and Ian have since done seminars together and, and, we have a very, surprisingly, because we haven't interacted in that way, we have an almost identical approach to training. Interesting. Which is something we've both developed in our own independent ways, but we came from the same areas, the same gyms, we knew the same people. Yeah. Uh, and yet, you know, we, we do a seminar together and we are pretty much saying exactly the same thing in the seminar when it came to styles of training and how to train. Ben, ben, ben P interests me a little bit. Okay. Um, I've never really looked into his stuff in a big way. Ben Pekulski? Pro- yeah, I think he's probably gone too far down a certain road. I don't know if I, I could work with him. I feel I feel like he's kind of arrogant. He wouldn't listen. I don't know what listen. he's like as a person. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea what he's like as a person. But He comes off like different now. To- he comes off as like right. real, like, oh, I'm like really open-minded. and You know, I really want to learn. But I hear he's still Ben Pekulski. Ben, if you're watching, he's, shout out to you, bro. I, I, I wouldn't mind though spending some time in the gym with him and just bouncing ideas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Meadows is another one. You're uh, just saying everybody now. You're just saying everybody, yeah, there, Dave. There, there is a there is a list of people I'd like to train with. I, I, the strange thing is, the obvious one that most people would look to as a training partner would be Dorian, and I I, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't like his style of training. I never have done. I've, I've, uh, I, I, that's not 
that I'm not saying it doesn't work or it's not effective. It's just not for me. I would like to see him train in his prime, like basically watch Blood and Guts, but in person. Hmm. That would have been cool. So who out of all the bodybuilders throughout time would you like to either train with or be present when they trained? Oh, dude. And the, the viewers can throw people in it because there's probably people we forget as well that we've just completely yeah. forgotten. Well, actually, it. yeah. Let's throw that out there to the audience. If, for anybody who's watching this on YouTube, comment with who you would want to train with. Because you're right. I'm probably like not thinking of a lot of people. I'm going to go in a completely different direction, and I'll make this quick so we can get on to – oh, we just got a comment here saying Serge Nubray. That's a good one. I would say I'm going to go all the way back to um, – oh, what's his name? The, for some reason, my the name is being blocked. Jack LaLanne. Okay. Just because okay. it would be like it would be like a true time hop. Yeah, it would. You know what I mean? Like, to see what he did, it, it's not like I would learn a bunch about, like, tricks I'm going to, secrets I'm going to use. Maybe I would. I don't know. But I bet you I would just like to see the way Jack LaLanne trained. I, I was at LaPrinzi's gym in Portland, which it was all, like, like original first-generation Nautilus equipment. They had an mm-hmm. Olympic pool out back, and I was told Jack LaLanne taught swimming lessons out back. I would love to have been there just to see what that was like because it's so far behind like what we know. Like I can imagine what it was like during the pumping iron days even because we have video. We have movie of that, you know. Mm. So, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm going to give you one name that's ooh. historic as well. Brutal yeah. Bertle Fox. Oh, yeah, yeah. How about uh, the Barbarian Brothers? That's what Darren oh, says. Oh, that, 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 that would have been a laugh. I bet that would have been funny as well, because them two were were definitely a pair of characters. Jean-Pierre Fuchs is another one that's oh, comes to mind. yeah, yeah. Who's, um, I don't know who this is, mid-60s Bob Gaja? No, I don't either, actually. Well, if our people are watching this and they know who Bob Gaja is, they're going to start. Don't, don't unfollow us, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, the the buff chef says uh, Dave Crossland in his prime. So that was like twenty years ago now. Yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, no, seriously though, if you want to talk about me and my prime for training, it was when I was twenty four. Really? Yeah. Paul Borison, late nineties for delts. You got yeah. to train. Him. Oh, we need to do Paul Borison. We keep saying this, and and we do need to bring him up one day and have a little bit of a chat about Paul. Okay. Because Scott right. doesn't know anything about Paul Borison. We'll we'll move on here then. Let's see. We got another question here. Um, all right, this is a steroid question. Currently, four weeks into my first cycle of two hundred milligrams of EQ a week with twenty milligram twenty milliliters of D ball and twenty milliliters of MK six seven seven. Just added in seventy six milliliters of trend to replace the EQ. Uh, what do you think about these doses? I'm 42 and 225 pounds. I also asked him, I said, Hey, are you running any tests? And he said, no, should I? I'm waiting on my test EQ or test trend master on blend. Should I get some T400? So there's a lot that we can go into here. First of all, I don't think he knows a lot about steroids and that's not the knock on him, right? No, um, 
strange for a first cycle not to have started with traditional test as that's usually most people's go-to um I would never, ever be a fan of running more than one compound in a first cycle. Whatever you choose as that compound is down to you. But for most people, I would suggest test. Hmm. Uh, just for the simple reason is so you can learn how each individual drug affects you. Hmm. So once you've done a test-only cycle, you know how test affects you. If you add a compound to that and things change, you know those changes are coming from that new compound. Yeah. Um, there is an irony about adding TREN but wanting to avoid side effects. Now, granted, the trend is low dose, so I zoom at 76 milligram, it's, it's a, a copy parabolin, because <clears throat> that's their sort of dosing, isn't it? So I yeah. would assume that, that that's the reason for that. Um, 20 mig of MK66, there's nothing wrong dose-wise with that. That would be about where you would run it. Uh, the 20 mg D-ball seems a bit on the low side, but it is a third cycle. But I don't understand why you start a third cycle on, on Boulderone and Dianabol. I mean, obviously, he's looked at them for some way and, and come to some reasoning behind that choice of drugs. So it'd be interesting to know why he picked the drugs he picked. Yeah. Um, if you go back, if he goes back... A couple episodes ago, we did uh, the main topic, it says, is steroid stacks. It was two episodes ago. And we talk about basically the foundations of building a cycle. Um, I think, Dave, see that water Dave has? He made me go get a glass. I got real thirsty looking at all that ice in there. Um, I think that dialing all this back, like you said, Dave, all these different drugs, if you were to get side effects, you don't know where they're coming from. I think make it simple. If you were to do 400 milligrams, 500 milligrams of just testosterone, long-acting test, test E, test SIP, and uh, make sure that your estrogen was in control, you would make some substantial gains uh, versus all of this. Four weeks in, he's already dropping. Like the, the, the EQ hasn't even completely built up in his, in his blood yet, you know? Um, and then he drops it. It's four weeks mm -hmm. in on EQ. The EQ is like just now getting good. So I think he needs to kind of step back, you know, and look at what a steroid ester is and how that's going to affect uh, the drug uh, as well as like the compound choices. It's a lot going on here that's going to make it needlessly confusing. Just keep it simple, yeah. uh, particularly on your first few cycles. I mean, you know, it's... Um... 42, he'd probably get a decent whack off 300 mega test a week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because of the fact that at 42, his test levels are going to be on the, starting to go on the lower side of things. They're going to start to be on their way down. They're not going to be super low or anything, but they're definitely not going to be, you know, 24, 25-year-old prime either. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I find trying to a strange choice if you're concerned about side effects, even in a low dose. Yeah. All right, let me see what else we've got going on here. So, oh, I do have a question. This was from, this was a private message question. A uh, young guy who wanted to stay anonymous. And um, basically, he just finished up a cut cycle four weeks ago. I believe he's 21 years old. He made some really good progress. Um, he's getting ready. He, he, now, he did his PCT, but it's basically still fresh. 
Um, he let's see, let's see. Um, he started gear at twenty. He's twenty two now. Mm-hmm. Um, his main question was, you know, how does he begin reversing out of this? How does he begin the muscle building process? And he wanted to specifically talk about drugs too. Um, I'm a bit confused. So he's been using for two years. Is that two years continuously? Well, I don't think so because he said he did PCT. Right. Uh, a lot and, of texts here, so I'm not sure. Um, this I I don't want to sound insulting, yeah. um, but this this is probably me that's not understanding what's being said. But that came across that he'd been using steroids for two years, but now he wants to learn how to train to build muscle. Well, or is it just from a drug point of view? He's wanting to know what's effective for building muscle. Basically, he he okay, yeah. So he finished post cycle a month ago, and mm-hmm. now he wants to begin uh, adding food back in and growing. He doesn't want. He doesn't know. Should he just hammer everything all at once and slam a bunch of drugs on it, or how should he handle this? Uh, having just finished um, post-cycle therapy a month ago, he's 22 years old. He's had a few cycles under his belt now. He got into really good shape, by the way. He sent some progress pictures. And so he, is he this make the, pre, the cycle he's just done? Was this a cutting phase where he's got yeah, his shape? Yeah, exactly. Right. So he's in very all good right, condition okay, right yeah. now. Yeah. So that makes a bit more sense. Right. Four weeks post-PCT, first thing I would do is bloods. You want to see if you've recovered. You want to see where you are hormonally. You think he's going to be uh, recovered at this stage? I don't know, but we won't know till we look, do you? Now, yeah. end of the day, it takes about four weeks for the drug impacts to go. So what you're looking at at that point is, you know, what your body's capable of producing at that point. Now, that can still improve from that point, mm-hmm. but you then have to make a decision based on what you're seeing. Do you hold off going on another cycle uh, because you want to allow more recovery? Yeah. Or is it at a point where it's like, I'm at seven. I ain't recovering. That's yeah. We we need to convert this as well, and I, I'll have to get a little thing up on screen so that American viewers can. Read yeah, we got that comment. Somebody said, "When yeah. you throw out those UK numbers, can we also please convert that?" That's, I don't. I don't that's, know how to that's probably that. a couple of hundred NGDL, if that. Oh, it's so low. <laughs> yeah, it's low. So um, you know, if he's down there, then there's not going to be a great deal of recovery moving forward. Yeah. And he may potentially have to look at either, depending on how he wants to approach it, another PCT, treptorolin, or obviously looking at TRT. Um, off the back of a diet, I would maximize the natural rebound in the sense of putting food back in and running with that. Yeah. And then look to drop the drugs when things start to stall. So for me, it would be do a reverse diet out of the cup. Um, push the training hard, keep the drugs at bay, obviously monitor your own hormones because if they are on the arse, you're going to start having problems. So make sure at least your hormone levels are where they need to be from a point of view of natural levels. Um, and and then as the weight gain and the strength gain and the progress muscularly starts to stall a little bit, then you can start to consider dropping some, some chemical advantage in. Yeah. Um, if he isn't sure how he wants to reverse. It's hard to throw out numbers 
because you know we haven't dieted him down. We don't know, you know, what what he can handle. One guy, we might be able to say, hey, let's throw two hundred carbs in, uh, you know, right away, and just run with it. Another guy, we might say, hey, let's add in, you know, a, a cup of rice per day, and and see, yeah. you know, everybody's different. So if you wanted to be conservative, you could add in a small amount, you know, thirty grams of carbs. Then give it a week and see how you respond, and then you know repeat if it as desired, you know. Yeah, that's that's sort of how I approach it. Anyways, it, it's small but continuous and steady increases. So it's very rare I'll bump, bump a client's food up by say fifty grams or you know more of, yeah. of carbs. It, it will be small amounts. It, it will be small amounts. I mean, literally ten grams more of rice in that meal, thirty forty grams more of potatoes in that meal. Uh, and that's all it will be. And then we just monitor and, you know, three, four days later, I'm still starving. Okay, well, we'll creep up a little bit more. But it's, I think if you make those small, steady, but consistent changes, you'll make much better progress than if you try and make large, sweeping changes in diet. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, because you'll just blunt your insulin sensitivity faster if you add a ton of food in, you know, at once. Mm. I think, too, something that he's going to need to recognize is that so he's been on this cutting cycle. Uh, You're going to look. Betsy, Dave's going to make me kick you out of here if you keep making noise. Okay, I'm back. Um, You've got this full look on gear, right? You know, you're walking around. Pumps are great. Strength is great. You're killing it in the bedroom. You know, like everything in life is on 10 right now. You're going to have a phase off cycle that it's not going to be that way. You know, um, I think I think he wanted to just jump right back on the gear was part of it. No, it's his life. No, 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 no. It's his life. But I would caution him to do the PCT. Make sure, as Dave said, get your lab work done. I don't think four weeks post cycle he's going to be recovered. Maybe eight weeks. I would say test blood at eight weeks after post cycle and see where you're at. Then you 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 may be more recovered then, but you're probably still not going to be. My guess. I don't know. Maybe you will be 100. percent I don't know. But I would definitely though keep cycling off. It is going to be three steps forward and a step back, even a step and a half, maybe even two steps back. But you don't at 22 want to be on TRT because you destroyed your test levels it'll have a lot of impact later in your life. You know, even if it's like, even if it's like, like, cause here's the thing, dude, Dave, I've had so many people now that I've worked with for a long time and that they made that choice. And now they're telling me, Hey, all of a sudden my girlfriend, they started at 22, 25. Now they're going on 30. Their girlfriend, who's now their fiance or their wife is like, Hey, I know I never wanted kids, but guess what? I want kids and I need a kid in order to feel complete in my life. And I need you to do that for me or I'm going to have to find somebody that will, or I'm going to have to, you're going to have to face making me feel like I haven't fulfilled my life and I'll stay with you. You know, even the, the other thing is I've even had guys, you know, turn around and say, I, I don't want to take drugs anymore. I don't want to take steroids anymore. It's like, well, mate, Dude, you made a commitment, you know? <laughs> yeah, tough shit. <laughs> yeah. You want to go on vacation for two weeks? You're going to have to plan for that, <laughs> yeah. you know? 
Uh, I'm sick of injecting. Well, you know, okay. unfortunately, you did roll those dice, mate, and I'm not going to go down the I told you so route. But at the same time, you've got to accept the, you know, the consequences of the actions that you do. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the only reason I look at testing at four weeks is because I'll get an indication if there's recovery or not. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, you know, so I know then, yes, we are recovering or we're heading in the right direction or, no, we're, we're dead in the water and we need to look at something else. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, in an ideal world, we test very regularly, but that's so cost prohibitive, um, yeah. unfortunately, that uh, it, it, it's you've just got to sort of pick your timings as best you can. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, well, I hope this helps him. Um, I know we have a bunch of other questions. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> this is from uh, our Facebook group. By the way, guys, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to comment in the YouTube. We'd love to get your questions for the next episode. Um, question. Oh, what is this? As an adopted Scotsman, I would love to hear Dave's best Scottish impression. Now, the question here is, having spent quite a bit of time in Scotland over the years, there is a very broad range between accents. I wouldn't have known that. They all sound the same to me. They all uh, sound like the guy so off The Simpsons, the groundskeeper, I, really. I, I remember having a conversation with a gentleman in Scotland who was directing me. Mm-hmm. And this is what I heard. And that was it. So I worked out there was three roundabouts in this conversation. But beyond that, I hadn't got a fucking clue about what he was saying to me. I think we just lost all of our Scottish listeners. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I think anyone from Scotland that knows it, they know someone with a really thick, heavy accent. They know how hard it is for a non-Scots person to understand what the fuck we're saying. <laughs> Um, God, I, you know, I am terrible at accents. Everything ends up sounding like somebody from Pakistan. <laughs> well, we'll say that was your best Scottish accent then. Honestly, that? it does. <laughs> Everything ends up sounding like they're from Pakistan. Yeah. I am absolutely useless at accents. Um, all right. Let's see what else we've got going on here then. Oh, um, blends. Blends versus... Uh, just regular individual vials of gear. You know, the, you see the test trend master on blend. You see the EQ test blend, DECA test blend. Would you, what do you think of blends versus individuals? There's, there's several elements to this. Um, so let's deal with quality to start with. Mm-hmm. Generally, in my experience, you're much more likely to get an underdosed product or a product missing a compound if it's a blend. You and you know this because you've seen the results. I've seen that. I've seen a lot of the testing results. Yeah. So mm. it, it is much more common in the blends to see something missing, both oral and and injectable blends. Hmm. They are though very cost effective. Um, and as a result, I can understand why someone wanting to, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we all have financial restrictions. Uh, and yeah, you can sit there and say, well, you shouldn't fucking take them if you can't afford them. But let's be realistic. You know, 
it, it's no harm in looking at a blend because it saves you $35, $40, $50, whatever it would be, or pounds for that matter, because you're not having to buy the individual compounds. Yeah. The downside of that is that you are stuck at the ratios at which that lab sets it. Mm. Yeah. And that means that if things do go slightly array, you are then having to look at adding a compound from another sort of, you know, another compound or should I say another vial. So say for argument's sake, this is where I'm going. So say you've got test trend mass mm-hmm. and you feel I need a bit more test in this. I'm struggling. I need a bit more test. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go get another test and start using that. Where if single vials, you could obviously adjust the doses independently of each other. Yeah. Or if you find that you know t- the trend in that dosing is a little bit high, you can do it with 50 mg lower because you're just a bit sensitive to trend. Then, then you can't adjust that dose in a blend. You then have to either stop using the blend uh, and you know go individual units. So they they from a budget point of view, they're brilliant. From um, an injection site point of view, they're brilliant because it's just one site. Yeah. Uh, but they are no more notorious for, for quality issues. Uh, and you don't have that flexibility and variability to be able to control the cycle as accurately as you possibly would want to. Mm. But in single vials, you're going to be doing a lot more injection. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right with you. I'm, I'm right with you. Um, I will say, too, the one time I got a, an infection was from a blend. And it's because it was very high dose. And then smart me, I took two cc's of it. So I it basically effectively put like a gram of gear into my quad uh, in two cc's, you know. Ouch. <laughs> no wonder it happened. Oh, oh yeah. me, that should have hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it hurt for a while. Month, maybe. Um. Okay. Oh, we had one here about uh, testing your gear. Uh, two questions for the next drugs and stuff. This is from uh, Matt Marshall, a founding member of the uh, Advices Radio Think Big group or on Facebook. We get questions too, like, hey, guys, where can I ask questions? As I mentioned, you can, qu- you can ask on the YouTube, uh, comment on the latest episode, or you can join the <coughs> Facebook group. Advices Radio and Think Big Bodybuilding Media. Okay, two questions for the next episode of Drugs and Stuff. What does Dave Crossland think um, about the accuracy of the ROID test kit that Palumbo promotes? That's the Bill Llewellyn test. And uh, what is the best way for end users to test their gear? HLPC. Wait, what? HLPC. That's where you go? Yeah. The, the the problem with the ROID test is, firstly, let's look at the accuracy of the test. So one of the problems is it's a color-coded bar. Yeah. There's like 90 now, colors of brown. Dave. You know, yeah, the shit, <laughs> the shit spectrum. Um, and the problem is that people interpret the shit spectrum colors all differently. I mean, the amount of times me and our lass have had this, that's blue. No, it's not. Mm. It's more green. No, it's a greeny. No, it's a blue, blue. No, it's a greeny, blue. And that's the first problem, is that you're going to have that visual problem of matching. What? You know what? You know very well what. She's trying to leave. You talk, you talk to the people. I'm going to let her out of here. <laughs> she wants to go. So, you know, the, 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 first, the first issue is... Um, 
Abe hates you. He said he hates you and wants you to die. <laughs> no, that was of you I was directing that to, not your dog. I was talking about you when I said that, not the dog. I didn't hear you. Okay, good. Um, so the first thing is that visual identification is... She's doing it again. She's out, he, she's he, out in, the, in the gym. He's open to a lot of interpretation. Yeah. The other big problem is it's open to a lot of contamination because of the way you do the application. But the the other, the biggest problem for me is that as a result, it, it's only really half a story. So, yes, I do want to know that the gear I'm taking is what it's supposed to be, but I also want to know what it's dosed at. Mm, yeah. Um, and that's a problem because those tests don't give you any of that. Yeah. So I might have a vial of, of Primo that's supposed to be 100 mg per mil, and it tests as Primo, but there's only 25 mega Primo in there. True. So that they are very limited in... Oh, my God. They are very limited in what you can get out of them, unfortunately. This is one of but the tests. Lab testing is, is expensive. Yeah. Now, I've not really looked at these in any depth. Do they... Do you have to buy the test kit for the particular compound? Yeah, so this is the this is the Primo test. Oh, that's not going right. to be in focus. So and then you... there's two two vials that go with it. And then you need a UV light as well because you shine right. one of the vials with a UV light to look at to see like if a tone comes up in it. So if I test my substance and it comes up as not being primo, I then have to now guess what it is and buy another test to see if that will test it as being something else. Um, it'll show up. There's a there's a whole chart, which all um, oh, right. So it'll show up as what compound it is. Yeah, yeah. S supposedly, I I found it to be like right. I said, very murky. Um, so, hang on, this confuses me. So you bought a test for primo. Yeah, it's there's that, there's different vials, and that it these are the vials that you need to test for Primo. But you could also use it to test for other things. Yeah, because that's a bit that confused me. Why is it labeled as Primo? It'll indicate what substance is in the vial anyway. Yeah, I don't know. No, I find that a bit odd. But really, the only the only accurate and reliable way is labs. Um, and I've heard too that it one of the issues with. Uh, this test in particular is some of the things that are more exotic tend to be harder to test for. Is it? I've actually dove into this pretty deep in the last month. Um, like trend, trend is basically always trend. You know, like you don't, you know, if you're running trend, you don't need to test it. You know, if it's real trend, and you know, if you're on a lot of it, you can feel it when you have side effects. Trend also is one of the quickest things to test. Like it's it's bang on versus some stuff is not. And then the other thing I found is that carrier oils can murk things up that if you use the raw powder, you can get a better test. So Yeah, but you're not going to have access to raw powder if you're just buying for yourself, generally speaking, because you're buying right. ready-made product. Right. Huh, there's what a... you need to do is get friendly with somebody who's uh, at college or university doing some sort of science and get them to use the lab to test your gear for you. Yeah. There's a paid app in Arabic that tests popular gear brands, purity, and dosage. Ah, do they do an English version? Yeah, I don't think so. 
Huh. No, he uh, he adds that he says uh, there is not. Uh, wait, not sure if there is an English version. If not, there's money to be made right there, Dave. Yeah. Mm. We just need was, the buff chef was. to translate it for us. We'll just use the same app. There was a there was a testing company in the UK that I had a bit of involvement with in the early days. Yeah. Um, and the guy, the guy that set it up came from banking. I found it very odd that he suddenly decided he was going to test gear. Uh, and he wasn't a gear user. This was the other weird thing. Huh. Um, anyway, he set it up. I know the lab he was using. It was all legit and above board. He got a lot of criticism. He got a lot. He was very determined to out bad labs. Okay. Obviously caused a huge amount of flack. Yeah. Um, he got a lot of criticism, um, and there was a lot of stories and rumors started, which were absolute bullshit. And then anyway, he actually went to the British government and got permission to have the raws and to import samples and to handle samples for testing. No kidding. Um, and then he decided to move labs because the lab he was using couldn't handle the volume. He was that busy. Um, and he, so he decided he was going to rebrand and, and he was going to make it Europe wide. So he went to the home office to get permission to receive samples from overseas and all this sort of stuff, because at this point, importation of steroids into the UK is illegal. Yeah. So he shouldn't technically be able to do it. And I don't know what happened. It just never restarted. Hmm. It just never, never happened. And he kept saying, oh, yeah, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. And 18 months later, it, nothing had never happened. So. I wrote I wrote some steroid profiles for him for his website when he first set up, but I don't really know what happened with that because it was quite a popular service before Operation Raw Deal. And I've mentioned this before on the show. Operation Raw Deal was a big dragnet here in the U.S. Took down a message board known as the Steroid Superboard, where Jim Ace, if you guys remember GA Labs, shout out to GA Labs. Uh, they're long gone now. <laughs> We're, um, we're never going to get frigging YouTube advertising, are we? <laughs> no, 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 we're not. We, we, that boat sailed, Dave. We're, unless we were to clean the, this, our acts up and just, we could talk about like the calories and apples or something. Like if we are just, like if you guys know we sold out, if you come back and we're like, hey guys, today we're going to show you five tips on how to make celery taste great on drugs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right after uh, this right after this youtube ad right after this yeah advertisement from our sponsors yeah uh, yeah but they had we, we used to be able to send stuff out here in the u.s and get it and then and basically everybody would pitch in it was you know pretty mm -hmm. cheap we'd get everything tested and and you'd get you'd find out exactly what was going on with like the 20 different sources that were on this message board and you could find out purities. Everybody was held completely accountable. Plus they had overnight shipping domestic. It was off the charts, Dave. It was great. The only, I mean, theoretically the it was great. The, the only problem is that you only know the purity of the vial that's been tested. That's true too. Yeah. Because the next file could be a completely different batch and a completely different drug or dose. And sure, that, sure. That's the other frustrating thing about UGL is, you know, most UGLs generally do a half decent product and generally are half reliable. 
Mm-hmm. There's cow- there's cowboys in every black market trade. There always will be. At the end of the day, they're effectively drug dealers. Yeah. Um, but um, the good the, the the advantage the big advantage farmer has is it's consistent. You know, it's the same product every fucking time. Yeah. And you just can't say that about UGL. Um, I mean, not many UGLs. I know one that claims they do, whether they really do or not, I don't know, test their raws. Hmm. Um, I say, I know one that claims they do. I don't know if it's factual when they actually do or not, but they do make that claim. But, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, you could be stiffed on your raws in the first place. Yeah. All right. Let me see what else we got here. We've got a few more questions. Um... Oh, what are our questions? Do you even know? Uh, no, I'll skip that for right now. What about, um, okay, we did talk a little bit about this, Max Holiday, um, IM versus sub-Q TRT injections, the pros and cons of one over the other for a health and lab perspective. Also, from the perspective of its effectiveness, as well as from a cosmetic position, will injecting in the abdomen create the formation of scar tissue which would show up during contest prep when body fat levels are low? No, because you're not going into a muscle, you're going into body fat. But we've touched on this, and I actually touched on this on my IG Live last week as well, which should be still available on my IG TV. Oh, you did an IG Live. I did an IG Live, yes. The most disorganized pile of crap you've ever seen in your life. That's not how you get people to tune into your stuff, Dave. That's not good advertising. Right. I'm old. I don't understand how Instagram works. I can't work it very well. And and you get this screen, and it's just a fucking bombardment of questions scrolling down, and I can't keep on top. So I was asking people to use the question button. Yeah. But Say I that word again. The question what? Button. 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 Ah, button, lad. Ah. Button. Use the question oh, button. Ah, yeah, lad, that, that does well then. Dude. That does, see that? <laughs> so, that fucked you up, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know what you said. God, I just God, tried to God, be polite and smile. Going, what, what the fuck did he say? Just tried to be polite and smile at that one. <clears throat> so, yeah, TRT, though, we did discuss this. Um, anything we wanted to add to that, though? I mean, scar tissue, you said no. Um, Not really, because it, it's scar tissue comes when you're going through muscular tissue more than when you're going through fat. Yeah, you know, fat cells are, are going to deflate anyway. You're going to reduce your fat cell in that area. So obviously, there's not really going to be. You could get a little bit, I suppose, of hardening and toughening of the skin. Yeah, which would would potentially affect. But you can. You don't have to go in the stomach. You can actually go on the pant crease line. Oh, and go in there. And just pinch the skin there and go under the skin there. It I've done sub Q here or, on the stomach. I've done it in the love handle even. Yeah. yeah. I've Ooh. got big ones of them. Kane Batista says we need a weekly question by Dave. I don't think I like that idea. That's not a good idea. Why not? I don't I don't like to turn the, the helm over to you. Was I horrible to you? No, you were not. Just, you asked very like, nice questions. Or is it just because you're a control freak and you can't let go? <laughs> you asked very nice questions, Dave, and it was it was fun to talk a little bit about myself. Oh, we had one on the live feed here. Um, 
where let's see here it is um oh, what's the worst date either of you have been on oh wow oh, fuck. this is from oh, walter God. shout out to walter he still ha- he still has his transformer bar which i still don't have mine <laughs> this is gonna be a weekly fucking thing, walter <laughs> and his fucking transformer bar you son of a bitch i hate you <laughs> oh um Probably the worst day was the one that led to my second wife in 12 years of misery. Really? Oh, fuck, yeah. I'm fucked up big time there. Hmm. It was a date? Well, it, was, it wasn't It was so much the date. It was the consequences of the date. Oh, because you got married to her, I see. Yes. <laughs> does, a, does a week-long trip count as a date? You went on a week-long trip with somebody that you didn't like. Ooh. Be careful now. They may they may be watching. <laughs> she is in the fitness industry. She turned pro, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those things where it was not working out. And I actually said, oh, like, boy. yeah, let's call this off. And then after I said that, then she got very, like, the opposite. You know what I mean? Like, of, oh, no, no, no. Can't, you know, live without you kind of attitude. And so she right. was like, now, at what point in the week long trip did you actually announce the fact that you no longer want to sustain this relationship? No, this was before that. This is like All right. <laughs> a month before that, which led to the trip, this long distance thing, which led to the trip. And so it just was bad. It was bad. But I will say this. Then I'm there and I'm committed to this trip and I'm staying at someone's house who, oh, I can't really, I don't want to say just, we'll just say, we'll say had a history of domestic stuff and I had, I had to leave with like two days left in the trip. I had to leave like middle of the night, get your bags and leave walk away from it and i got chased down the street it was it was not good it was it was not good so, so. the domestic incidents were in revolving not you but involving the the your host yes yes P- who previous chased down, who chased you down the street my host your host, which wasn't your date. No, the date. Yes, oh, that's the what date I'm saying. Was your host. Ah, so yeah. you were stopping at your host, your date's house. Yes, yes. I thought you were stopping at a third party's house. Sorry. No, she was the one who had the history. So ah, right. Oh, yeah. I think I think you know you get those dates where it's like, oh yeah, that's a very attractive opposite sex person yeah uh I, I can't believe they're talking to me and then as the day progresses you start to realize why because there are whole new level of crazy uh, and you're yeah. just sat there thinking holy fuck what am i gonna do how do i get i've never run out on a day i've never done that yeah uh but yeah i've i've been on a few where, and unfortunately i am really bad at uh, n- not well, I'm really bad at hiding how I feel. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if I don't like somebody, I, I find it very difficult <laughs> to be nice to them. I bet. Or, yeah. even, or even talk to them. Uh, and, and 
yeah, I, I only take the piss out of people I like. So um, if I don't like people, I just don't communicate with them. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I would quite happily sit in a room and just completely ignore someone if I don't like them. Yeah. Because to me, why would I make small talk and be a hypocrite? Yeah. And I'll blatantly say, look, sorry, mate, I don't like you. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> um, which usually ends up there being a very awkward silence after that, I must admit. I could imagine. Um, so, yeah, I've had a couple where it's been very, it's got, you know, got into it very quickly and you're like, the shit, shouldn't be here. This one's not, you know. And I'm sure there's people thought that about me as well in the opposite way and just thought, holy fuck, what have I decided to go out with here? Yeah, I've had, like, dates that weren't great. Like, they, you know, but nothing that was really, like, terrible. Except for have you had, that, that. Have you had one run out on you? No, I did. I did leave on another one. Uh, somebody I had met on Facebook and uh, it, it just like, I called it like I was, I called it. I was like, okay, you know, and I, I, I had to go, you know, I gotta, gotta go, gotta go. But was that it, was, was that a send, send a friend a text message, ring me now and tell me there's an emergency. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was one of those things. It was pretty abrupt. I think it was pretty abrupt, but yeah. You're such a nice guy though, Scott. I, yeah, yeah. I think too nice sometimes. That's that's kind of part of the problem. But yeah, that actually He's brought not. back a bunch of horrible memories. Honestly, thinking about <laughs> my my trip, I never talked about that on any of the podcasts because I didn't I didn't want to. But it was uh it was what you would call an actual abusive relationship. It was not a fun thing. It was. Uh, oh, I, I'll no. tell you what though. At this point, and I'm positive <laughs> that she's not listening to this show. It, there was a point where, like, I felt anger about that, but at this point, I honestly just feel bad. Like, I feel like, and I, I don't think anybody knows who I'm talking about on this program, but um, I feel bad. Like, you just you get to a point where you just you feel like, damn, that's just who you are, and I can get out of that situation, but you have to live with that for the rest of your life because it's oh, who you are. Yeah. You know? People do get damaged, don't they? And and unfortunately, sometimes it's usually the person later on down the line that ends up picking up the can for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we all we all come with baggage, and it's just whether that baggage is within the other person's ability to cope with or not. That was almost like a dear Davy. Mm, it was a bit, wasn't it? Yeah. All right, we, we should bring that back one day. Uh, we got another one though, and then we'll wrap things up here. Um, Sublingual uh, orals. Have you guys had any experience with them? And is there uh, less health impact? The only thing that you're going to avoid with a sublingual is impact on the stomach. You're not going to avoid liver impact because it's still going to do first pass. Mm. Um, so I do remember years ago there being some OTC drops, um, and I'm talking years ago, I would have been 17. I can't remember what they were, and you had to drop them underneath your tongue, and they tasted like absolute shit. Gas. And you'd be, and just like thinking, God, I wish this would go away. It tastes so fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you were, well, I don't know so much now, but definitely when I was seventeen, if you'd have told me to lick dog shit in it, that made me grow, I'd have probably done it. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know if people are like like that anymore. I don't know if people are like that anymore. They're like the protein powders that we used to drink when we were kids were the worst. It was like flour in water. Now it's got to have like the best flavor. And I sound like an old person saying that, but we used to take anything if it would work. 
Do you remember, like, we used to take, um, oh, uh, liver tablets? I, that was before my time, but I know people oh, that have. Yeah, Take a thousand tablets. And they used to repeat on you something awful, yeah. so your breath stank for the rest of the day. Oh, I used um, I, I used sublingual Anivar. It was from yeah. a pharmacy, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're little little cubes, uh, fifty milligram cubes. I actually have some left, but they're legit pharmaceutical prescribed. Um, and uh, uh, you just put it under your tongue. It kind of had like a, it was a wax basically, and it had like a mint flavor too, and it would dissolve. Scott, yeah. how big is your spare drugs box? There used to be a few, like little because boxes. You, you, you seem to have like a lot of, I've got some of that left over, and I've got, and I've just imagined you've got this trunk. The trunk, stacked, spare drug trunk. With stuff. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I, I don't, I don't think I have those left over. They're gone. Mm, actually. Mm, now he retracts very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I use those. I don't know if they really are going to be any different. I mean, so technically sublingual, uh, everything that would be under the, the, those capillaries that are close to the skin under your tongue, they're going to help you to absorb that directly into your bloodstream versus path, passing through digestion. So technically, yes, you would you it would be avoiding digestion to an extent but how much of that is really going to go sublingual i don't think that 100% of it is you are still going to digest some of that orally um what what's under the tongue capillaries like close to the skin carrying blood you mean, capi- you, you mean capillaries capillaries that's not even a word dave Oh, what was the what was the one you moaned at me of yesterday? That's not a word. What was it now? I can't even remember. Can't remember. No, I can't remember. I'm going to look it up just right quickly. This this there's just a torrent of abuse comes from Scots during the week. Cap- capillaries are not okay, a word. Okay, that was it. Scott says dumber was not a word. Dumber is not a word. So I sent him a screenshot of the dictionary that said the adjective is dumber, uh, and he just went quiet. Dumber is not a word, Dave. You made that up. You actually photoshopped that whole page. I know you did. This is what I have to put up with. You see, it's on screen all nicey-nicey, polite, and don't be offensive to the viewers and the listeners, Dave, and all that shit. And then as soon as the cameras go off, I feel like I'm in a domestic violence relationship. <laughs> David Stanley, I swear to God. The abuse. I mean, you can tell David, his tone in his eye now. I'm getting David, it later, David. We shouldn't make fun of this subject, actually, because some people do generally. No, that is true. That is true. But we do like that. We do like to have fun at the same time. So yes, yeah. Um, and I'm English, so we take the piss out of everything. Also, you guys have, which I found out yesterday. I don't watch the news, and we'll wrap up on this. You guys have like super coronavirus over there. It's called the UK variant. Why did you do that? Because we wanted a zone with stick of having imported foreign muck. The UK variant, Dave. Why? Yeah, well, we wanted a proper one. We didn't want this foreign <laughs> junk that was going around. We wanted a proper one. Oh, man. I, I didn't think, know about that. I, I believe it. I thought originally 
I read an article where it said it started in Italy, but I believe it actually started in South Africa or Africa. Okay. Um, but I believe now there's several countries with their own unique sort of uh, take on, on the virus. Yeah. I hear there's the South African variant and the UK variant are the two that are more uh, bad, dangerous. I don't know. Yeah. The, the last thing I saw, well, I mean, I haven't looked into it. I sort of just yeah, fucking ignored it. Um, but I've never known something divide people as much as this has. No kidding, dude. No kidding. And yeah, people are it, calling each other out. They know they can rat you out, um, you know, because you're not, they're not going to get caught. They're just going to call. Yeah, no, it's, it's, but even well, the abuse. We're divided. You, know, you, disagree, you disagree with somebody online and it's just a hell of abuse. So, yeah. I, anyway, we said we were never going to talk about virus on this show because we didn't want to get into that. True. Quagmire of political and until you created your own variant. Well, that's it. Yeah. We want his own. Why should we use somebody else's? Are you are you gonna get vaccinated? Have you thought about it? I mean you I'm are you're considered to be like a, 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 a special population, right? Um with your kidneys. That sounds like special needs, you know, window lickers. <laughs> Sitting on the back of the short bus, um, I I have no objection to it. Yeah. Uh, having had the virus, I don't see a need to. But if it turns out that if I want to go out in a camper into Europe next year or later this year, if God willing, yeah. uh, and I have to have the vaccine to be able to do that, then I'll take the vaccine to do that. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, but at the same time. You know, the last thing I read on that was that the actual immunity built up by catching the condition, the disease, the virus, whatever you want to call it, is equal to that of the vaccine. So from a point of view of protection, I'm already protected. Okay. Yeah, I've heard heard that too for at least eight weeks, they said. But if if I need it to move freely throughout the world, then I'll take it. My parents both are getting the first shot today. So they're both special population as well. So I'm going to avoid it (laughs) for now. Avoid that term as well. <laughs> Special population. Special population. I don't know what the term is, but at right. risk. At risk. There we go. Hmm. That also sounds like you're like at risk teens. You know, like people who are at risk of. It's fucking same with anything these days, isn't it? You 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 can't um, you can't say anything without there being a ulterior, yes. non PC version of it. Well, for all of our at-risk uh, special population viewers, because I feel like if you're watching the show, you're probably you're a special, special population. population. <laughs> yes. We appreciate you guys watching. And uh, to everybody in the live feed, we appreciate having you here. Uh, we um, will see you soon. Check out uh, crosslands.org.uk. Reach out to David Stanley. Uh, just like just give him a message. Give him some shit, you know. And you, of yeah. course, reach me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. And, of course, check out our great sponsor, truenutrition.com. Pick yourself up some intra-workout. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Dave. Thank you.